0: are you ready let's get
1: it started the nfl draft is now officially open welcome back prospects to pros on the athletic podcast network i'm dane brugler i'm joined as always by lance airline we're exactly one month away from the nfl draft recording this on March 29th. So kind of crazy. We're one month out, but it feels like we're, you know, the draft's here because we had a major trade action over the weekend. I also posted my updated top 100, so we can hit on that a little bit today. Uh, But let's start with the the, the trades uh, that happened uh, over the weekend. 49ers, they trade three firsts to go up for the number three overall pick. Uh, the Dolphins moved back to 12, only then to move back up into the top 10, trading a future first rounder, uh, going back up to six. So uh, we got plenty to unpack here. Let's start with the 49ers. Obviously, this is a move to go get the quarterback. Uh, I think the question now is which one? And for me personally, I know the first name that popped into my mind was Trey Lance. I love the fit there. You know, I think it's just, it makes a lot of sense, but I, there's plenty of Mac Jones smoke out there and when you look at Kyle Shanahan's history with Kirk Cousins and Matt Schaub and Matt Ryan I think you can see a connection in play style guys that are similar uh, wavelengths mentally with Shanahan and I think something that we have to consider here is Kyle Shanahan does not attend many pro days okay he's going to one quarterback pro day this year and that's Mac Jones we, this is an unusual draft process where we don't have teams being able to do these private workouts and bringing the players to the facility and doing, we don't have any of that. The pro days are where you, is your chance to go see the player. And you can't just dismiss that Kyle Shanahan is going to one quarterback pro day and it's Mac Jones. So I don't know. All right, Lance, as you look at all this, what was your first reaction? How What has been going through your mind as you kind of process all of this? You know, wh- where do you sit with the 49ers at that number three pick? Well,
2: I you know, I really thought that that was a trade-in spot. I mentioned it in my last mock on the blurb. I thought the that could potentially be a trade-in spot. I thought there was a chance that eight could move up to three mm-hmm. um, with Carolina. I mean, the likely teams were eight, were 12, and were 15 to me. Uh, 15, the the, the Patriots 12 was the, um, 49ers. And then of course, eight is the Carolina Panthers. And so it wasn't a shock that there was a trade, but I was a little surprised at what the going rate was, to be honest with you. Um, that was a lot to move up. And my immediate thought is okay. Trey Lance. I mean, he fits this. He, he he can throw on the move. He's got good size. He's got good mobility. He fits the Shanahan system, but with additional, um, uh, you know, additional mobility that we haven't seen with some of the Shanahan quarterbacks, this is a guy who can play behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year, learn the system. He's already highly intelligent from a, a pro style, you know, standpoint and, and how he prepares and a full field reader. And then, um, you know, I started hearing some comments and got a couple of texts about Mac Jones, and I think it's a real thing. I mean, I really think the Mac Jones thing is a real thing based on the information that uh, that I received, and um, I think it's something that is very interesting. When you're going to trade that much draft capital for a guy who is. Um, really a game manager and a guy who runs the vehicle and I'm not listen in in Kyle Shanahan's offense that's very important to be a game a game manager also can throw for 4,000 yards like we saw with Matt Schaub we saw Matt Ryan become uh, an MVP I mean you know that's not to diminish that type of quarterback but what I'm saying is I think you have to have things right around Mac Jones a certain way and then You know, I question whether or not he can make enough plays. Can he make the plays when guys don't get blocked? And I think that's a concern for all quarterbacks in this day and age because of the way that that the defensive fronts are getting faster and faster and faster. Can you extend plays on your own? We talk about running backs creating yards for themselves. Can you create time for yourself as a quarterback? And I think that's a very real conversation that you have to have about Mac Jones. I think the, the, the same is not true um, for either Justin Fields or for Trey Lance. But I think what's interesting that's developed here, Dane, is that pretty much all of us who do this, you know, for a living or who are in the space, it's funny. The fans just keep thinking, wait a minute, what about Justin Fields? This should be a Justin Fields move. And really, I don't think many people who are in the draft space are, are thinking that Justin Fields, um, is going to be the 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 call here. It's it's going to be either Jones or Lance.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I mean I think where we are right now, we feel really good about Lawrence going one and Wilson going two. Um and it's just and I I even tweeted this out on Friday. A scout who was at BYU's pro day said forget it, it's over. Uh Wilson's going two. And you know, that's 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 his opinion, that's one scout's opinion, but it certainly feels like what the prevailing thought is around the league. So if the draft starts at number three, that's where it gets, it's, it's certainly interesting. And I think for a lot of us, myself included, and I think you probably fall on this as well, it it takes a little bit to just, you know, have you wrap your mind around giving up that much draft capital for Mac Jones, you know, because it, it, we, we've talked about Mac Jones since the fall as a guy who you know really talented but you know a little limited here and there and you know I I I've had him in my top 50 you know since the fall and but more like closer to 50 than towards 1 and now we're talking about him possibly going third overall and like, I have no doubt that Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, whatever quarterback he picks is going to have a level of success because he's going to a system that fits, you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to understand how to use him. Um, And Mac Jones makes sense, but did he? Did the 49ers need to trade all that uh, draft capital to go up and get him? Uh Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think so. And the Panthers are the one team where it's like, yeah. well, you know, cause you know, obviously they coached him at the senior bowl. Uh, you know, Tepper was there in mobile to see him up close and personal. You don't know what the Panthers are going to do, but my initial reaction was you didn't need to either, but you know, maybe they just wanted to take all the guesswork out of it.
2: Well, that's the thing. You, you go to three and, and you knock it out. There's, there's no questions asked. I think what's, what's interesting here is so when John Lynch came out and made a definitive statement. I know he told the he told Steve Weiss this during the, uh, the pro day workout um, when NFL network had it on, he basically said, John um, rather our quarterback is still, he contacted, he contacted uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo right away and said, you are still our quarterback right now. This is, you know, we still plan on rolling with you. Well, okay. If that's the case that, that made total sense for Trey Lance. But if they really aren't serious about that, if they if they're willing to listen and take offers and maybe even move Jimmy Garoppolo, then you have to you have a decision to make. Do you go with some type of bridge quarterback or do you start right off the bat with Mac Jones? And Mac Jones has a type of um, I think he has a type of of, of football IQ in terms of a pro-style passing attack and the way that you know, um, Alabama's play calling Sark's play calling and offensive design. I think it makes sense that that Mac Jones from a from a football standpoint might be ready for this coming from Alabama, coming from the SEC. I could see that maybe you'd roll with Mac Jones as a rookie. There's some weapons there to be had, certainly. You got an offensive line to protect him. I could see Mac Jones stepping right into the spot. Trey Lance, you wouldn't want to put in that position uh, for his long-term good, you want him, you know, still learning and, and and still growing as a quarterback. So I just, I, 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 if you move to four, then three is still open. If you Mm -hmm. move to five with the Bengals, then, um, you know, if they would flip-flop with you, if you'd say, we want to move up to five, then four and three are still concerns. And, I know the Falcons probably wouldn't trade with the Carolina Panthers uh, in right. their, in their same division. So I, I think what it was all said and done, San Francisco basically said, look, let's just do this. Let's just go up and make no doubt about it. We're going to get the quarterback who we want. And I don't know who that quarterback's going to be, but they basically took any consideration out of play. If you work under the assumption that obviously, and I think both of us do that, the, um, the, the New York Jets are going to draft Zach Wilson. Now, let me throw you a curveball. If the Jets got a phone call hmm. from... Carolina. Uh, yeah, from Carolina. Because uh, Carolina
1: is you know, one of the losers at it. Because, you I, know, you, you you mentioned it, probably not getting the four for a, uh, that trade within the division unless you're just way overpaying. Right. Uh, and so if another team's able to move up to four, then you know, you're, you're eliminating quarterback options. So yeah, the Carolina Panthers, do they get desperate? I mean, I don't think they're going to get desperate and make a move like that, but uh, sorry, go ahead and finish. Well, I I just, I think,
2: you know, if the jets, if the jets got blown away by an offer, I don't think Mm -hmm. it's crazy that they could roll with Sam Darnold and pick up, um, you know, pick up a, a playmaker. Now it would have to be within a certain, you know, a certain portion of the draft, but let's say eight got really desperate and they said, look, We'll give you everything to move up to two. Everything, right. we, anything you want and everything you want, we want that number two pick. Now, that would have to be, they'd have to be in love with Zach Wilson. I think more than likely Carolina now has to turn their attention to either Justin Fields. Well, okay, so let's say it's Trey Lance. Does Matt, I think Mac Jones could fall number eight, and I think they would draft Mac Jones at number eight. Right. Let's say Mac Jones goes number three. Well, then Trey Lance... Is Trey Lance four to the Falcons? Will the Falcons take? Do they? But Dane, do they take a quarterback when they are stuck financially? I guess it wouldn't matter this year. You'd roll with Matt Ryan. I I have mm -hmm. to see what the cap consideration is for twenty twenty two. But if you're going to sit him anyway, then then that would be the spot you sit him with the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to just you know parse the all the ramifications here because you have we've never seen quarterbacks go one two three four in a draft and all of a sudden it's a very realistic scenario here uh it's only happened twice before where we've seen quarterbacks go one two three and that seems like you know pretty it's, it's almost a certainty at this point uh I mean and it, you could you can't even real uh rule out one two three four five uh in this in this draft which is just crazy if we see quarterbacks go with the first five picks uh you know with some more trade action so I don't think we can eliminate uh, Atlanta from this conversation because you know they restructured Matt Ryan's deal and that's yeah you know, they're going to do that anyways let's you know they can still absolutely go quarterback here what are the Panthers going to do and then is there another team you know the Broncos feel like they're involved to a certain level you know I don't know if they're all in on drafting a quarterback this year but to a certain level just all the feedback I'm getting feels like they're involved to a certain point. And so would they be making, looking to make a move up a little bit? Are the Patriots just lurking there waiting? Let me ask you, let me, I'll ask it this way. Do you think we see another trade before between now and the draft? Or do you think it's going to stand pat and teams are going to wait and find out what happens one, two, three? Then that's where we're going to see the trade action start Man. to unfold.
2: Man, um, that's a tough question because I still think we could see some action. I think the problem is if the falcons you just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, if you yeah. assume they're going quarterback, then there's really not a lot of reason to make any more trades unless you want to move in front of the Carolina Panthers and and who wants to do that? Maybe the Broncos, maybe the Broncos would flip 7 and 9 to get a hold of the pan- ahead of the Panthers for Justin Fields or whoever's left at quarterback maybe. Um if that's really what they're looking to do if they're really over Drew Lock, um I don't, you know, that's tough because you have to ask yourself, there's, there's two big, okay. So there's two big things you have to factor in number one. And I think the biggest factor is what happens with Deshaun Watson, because remember now you can move up for all these quarterbacks that you want to, but the most talented quarterback of all is probably Deshaun Watson. We know Deshaun's situation right now. He's unlikely to play, um, anytime soon. He may find himself on the commissioner's exempt list. We don't know what's going to happen, but I still think you shouldn't just completely write off Deshaun Watson in this whole thing, because depending on what happens and it, and and let's remember this situation in saga, if it got paid off or taken care of, or whatever, whatever goes down, if it doesn't involve, um, suspension, or even if it does involve a suspension, but it's not a year long suspension, we could still see a trade by the Texans to one of these teams after the draft. So you never know if they're having discussions with another team behind the scenes about contingency plans moving forward. So I think that's one thing you have to keep in mind for two teams that have been mentioned as possible Deshaun targets, Carolina eight and Denver nine. So it's worth keeping that in mind that that could be a contingency plan, even though right now, certainly uh, we have no idea where those cases are headed, but that could still be something that one of those teams are thinking about.
1: Yeah, it's especially Carolina with their draft options dwindling. They can't completely close that door, even if it is you know it's close to being shut. So there's, and this is why we love the draft. There's so many different ways this could go, and different. Different ways each organization could be shaped by these trades and what teams, what they decide to do. Uh, The other two teams that were involved in the trade action, the Dolphins, they moved back to 12 and then they moved back up to six, which is really interesting. It has to be for a pass catcher, right? I mean, would you, was that your first reaction as well as they want to ensure that they're going to get the pass catcher of their choice up there at number six.
2: Absolutely. I thought it was a great move because you move back, you add a draft capital and you're still going to get whoever you want. I mean, Mm -hmm. unless, unless something happens at four that we don't expect, or unless the Bengals, which is possible, the Mm -hmm. Bengals could still go. Cause I think the Bing, I think the move for the Bengals, you know, I'm not the number one Panay soul guy on the, you know, in, in, Mm -hmm. in this draft, I still think one of the moves is potentially saying, you know what, let's go with free agency. Let's, let's try to patchwork this right now on the offensive line and let's go add a, a, a high chase. end player like chase or Pitts right. or Smith. I don't care who it is because those players are better to me than the tackle you would get. That's a need to me. If you have a rare playmaker, then you draft that Dane. That's what I would do. And I try to make things work offensively. Now, You know, it's easier said than done. You have to have somebody there. But I think that's the concern that that's why you have to have two players in mind if you're uh, Miami. And I think Pitts or Chase would be probably the two that they would have in consideration.
1: See, and okay, let's let's do a quick top six mock draft. Lawrence and Wilson won two. Let's just for argument purposes for this hypothetical, we'll say Mac Jones at three. I think
2: you're hearing from the same people I am because. You're not dancing around this, Dane. You're not even pretending to play the Trevor, <laughs> the, the Trey Lance game. You're going right after the Mac Jones. I've heard that from a couple of people, and I'm like, and they're people I trust.
1: I know. I and know. I'm
2: thinking, man, this is going to go down as Mac Jones, and you're not even playing. I still have to pretend with Trey, like, well, maybe Trey Lance, because that's what I thought. I mean, that's who I believe it should be. But the more I'm hearing since I put out a revamped mock draft with Trey Lance at number three. Same I'm here. like, I can't even be- I'm like, I can't even believe
1: you would give up that match draft capital for Look, Mac it, it, Jones, this, it, but whatever. It, this is the time of year where you don't believe what you hear, but there's too much smoke. No, Um, every year,
2: Dane, don't we hear fans like, oh, it's not, can't be Baker going number one. It's going (laughs) to be. uh, There's no way Daniel Jones would go that Right. Okay. There's no way Josh Allen would go. Okay. I mean, it, it happens every single year. People act brand new every year. Like, what? I never heard of this before. Only in like six of the last 20 drafts. I mean, you know, it happens all the time.
1: Listen, the, the pro day thing is big. Not not seeing these guys live, you know, no no private workouts, can't bring them to the facility, anything like that. And Kyle Shanahan's going to one quarterback pro day. That that that, that tells you something right there. That, that alone is enough evidence to at least – Believe that it's a strong possibility to happen. And, you know, Alabama's already had their pro day. This is a Mac Jones, basically a Mac Jones pro day. So, you know, it's just, it's a really fascinating development. So, all right, let's just say one, two, three. That's okay. How I, yeah, oh, it yeah, that's is.
2: fine. Mac Jones. Now, what do we do? I'm going to go Trey Lance at four.
1: That's what I was going to go to. Let's say Trey Lance. I would and- not have put, you know
2: what? I would not have put Mac Jones at four. I'd put Sertan mm-hmm. at four. But now I'm putting Trey Lance at four.
1: Yeah, uh, let's let's say just let's say that's what it is a four eight, five. I, I'm I'm going to say Jamar Chase here. Uh, wow, I, I think get you mm. know reunite him with Joe Burrow and have some fun with he replaces AJ Green basically in that offense. You uh, have him, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd in the slot. I mean, that's got the makings of, of some fireworks. Okay, then six.
2: Oh, no, I, I think without question. And I think that's one of the things with Joe, Joe Burrow, I trust him to get rid of the football. Right. So I don't think you have to have the perfect offensive line right now. That's people who always just say so you have to have, have to have, have to have. I put Pitts there in my first uh, mock draft because I think that you give Joe Burrow that many weapons and you better look out because he's going to utilize them fairly quickly. Now, I would say six, the Dolphins, uh, to me, I would go Pits, And I know that that's not, you know, I, you can say that's a 12 personnel, it's two tight ends, but not really. You What you're dealing with is a big wide receiver to go with a big wide receiver, Devontae uh parker and you got a speed guy on the outside will fuller for one year and maybe beyond that i think you are really really hard to match up with because you have to pay attention to will Fuller's speed he needs mm-hmm. help over the top and then you've got a six foot six basically big giant wide receiver that you can move all over the field and then you got a jump ball winner and get and then you know Devonte parker who started coming on um I liked, I love Devontae Smith. I, I love Devontae Smith. But with that said, I just think Pitts, from a mismatch standpoint, I think one of the things you have to remember now, the background of the the New England background, I, I know we're not supposed to mention this guy's name very often, <laughs> but the Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski double tight end combination. You got Gisicki, and I'm not putting Gesicki in there with either one of those guys, right. but I think. In terms of pits, you do have that, and it creates so many matchup issues, especially because pits will block a
1: little bit for you. I have nothing to disagree with you there, because I agree with all of it, but I'm gonna go Jalen Waddle there. I I think that yeah, I like you know, it. you have a receiver who can win all over the field, and I you know, I've heard some whispers that they really like him as their as their receiver in this draft. So I'm gonna say Waddle at number six, and that's it, it really interesting when Okay, you've got we've got quarterback one, two, three, four, and then two receivers. And then, you know, things will get really interesting from then on out. But that's if you're the Dolphins, you're traded back up to six to get you know, to get that guy. And so it'll just be interesting to see if it is Pitts, if it is Waddle, you know, could it be Smith? Um, but I think we're, you know, we're we're in lockstep thinking that it's going to be for a pass catcher. And then quickly for the Eagles, moving back from six to twelve, I think first thing that comes to mind is okay you know, they're rolling with Jalen Hurts. And this isn't like, uh, okay, Jalen Hurts is our guy. We're moving forward. This is more like, uh, you know, we don't see an obvious upgrade here. So we're going to roll with him and we're going to add draft capital. And maybe next year is where we make a move to go up and get that quarterback. But for the Eagles, their options are wide open now at number 12. I I think there's a chance Devontae Smith could fall to them. Mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, you're talking about some corners. JC Horn uh, could be in that mix there at number 12 don't rule out pass rusher like a quitty pay with the way that I know that front office thinks and the way they value that position. That's absolutely in play at that point. Uh Rashawn Slater is another option there. So the, I think the Eagles are wide open now when sitting there at number 12, plus they got a future first rounder. So, uh, you know, even though the quarterback situation's a little unsettled, I think they have to feel pretty good about the the move they made.
2: Yeah, I, I do too. And I just think that um – um you know, right now the Eagles, the Eagles since the Super Bowl. I mean, they kind of they actually it's been the same thing with the Eagles that happened to the Falcons. Only the Falcons, you know, didn't win the Super Bowl. The Eagles did win the Super Bowl, and then they just they've just been a shell of themselves. And they keep can they keep trying to convince themselves that they're still you know the window's still open. And it just never materialized, and and we we all watched it for ourselves. They just never got it together. And I think if you're honest with yourself and you're the Eagles you really have to think about look we're we're more than a piece one or two pieces away we need to start rebuilding in some different areas of our team and that's whenever i think it's very smart to move back and add picks so i have no problem with what the eagles did i think it's pretty smart there's plenty of talent as you and i both know uh you got a couple of big time uh, uh cornerbacks i think you've got you know three big time um or four big time pass targets, receiving targets. When you add pits into the mix as a, you know, as a as a pass target, you got a couple of really good offensive linemen. I mean, and you got the quarterback. So the Eagles, if you just do the math, they're going to get a player who is going to make them better at 12, whether they're at six, whether they're at 10, whether they're at 12, one of those guys is going to be on the board for them. And then I didn't even mention, as you said, um, Quiddy Pay, if that's a guy that they really like.
1: Yeah. Uh, And uh, this is just all fascinating. And it's going to be interesting between now and the next month. How, you know, what more happens? Do we see a little more movement? um, Or is it just this is how it's going to stay and it's going to be kind of all blow up on on draft day? So we did four quarterbacks came off the board in that scenario. So what do we think happens at Justin Fields? Is he, you know, Carolina at eight then? Or do we see, do we see uh, New England move from fifteen to seven and maybe snipe him? I mean, what? I, I think there's a lot of intrigue there. If it if the play if it plays out top six, like we we uh sorted it out. What happens with Fields? Eight makes the most sense, but that's where we could see some trade action.
2: Yeah, and remember this, Brian Billick said this one time at a. I was at a mock draft at NFL Films back in. One was Gino Smith drafted 2013, I think. 13, Yeah. So it was 2013 and he made this comment. We were talking about, um, well, you know, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't draft Gino Smith at you know, nine or whatever, but I would maybe draft him at, in the twenties. And mm. we made that comment. And, um, there was a group of, you know, Greg Cosell, a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for is around there. I think, um. Um, Ron Jaworski, I believe, Jaws is in there. And anyway, so we're all sitting there going pick by pick by pick, kind of running a, a mock draft. And Brian Billick said, OK, that doesn't he goes, if you'd be willing to take him at twenty nine, you better be willing to take him at nine. And right. his rationale on this and this really does make sense. Once you draft a quarterback in the first round, you are now officially hitting the stopwatch on your job. You have to develop a quarterback. He's a first-round quarterback now. It doesn't matter if he's the ninth pick or the 29th pick. He's now a first-round quarterback, and your job is to develop him and to get the most out of him. And if you don't, i.e. Kyle Bowler, you will eventually get fired. And so that's the that's the thing is you got to be really sure if you're taking Trey Lance, if you're taking Justin Fields, if you're taking Zach Wilson, if you're taking any of these guys because – if you take a guy because you need a quarterback, but you don't really love him, your job is now officially on the line. You have now started the stopwatch on your job. And that guy that you didn't love, you better get the most out of him. So you better really like the guy. Um, you better really like the guy that you're gonna draft. And I think that's the big concern is if Justin Fields is there at eight, does Matt Rule love him? Does Joe Brady love him? Uh, I don't know. Do does does number nine to the the Denver Broncos love him enough? Um, that's the question you have to ask yourself. And and that's the thing with Justin Fields or any quarterback. Do, do those teams love X quarterback, whoever that quarterback is? I mean, Lawrence is a default. We already know about Lawrence, but the right. other guys, your jobs are clearly on the line once you take that guy.
1: Right. And again, I can't emphasize this enough in this draft process where Area scouts and personnel directors, they were not able to be on the road during the fall and meet with these guys. And they've had limited interaction with these quarterbacks. So everyone's playing catch up in terms of. Learning about their character and just getting all the information that they usually have by now, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why these pro days have a little extra importance this year. The whole process, scouting process, is about gathering information and having as many puzzle pieces so when you put the puzzle together, you have a clear picture. This year, it's been a little bit of a, a, a lagged process to get all of those pieces and create the picture. And so it's it, more so than past years. This year's just been a little bit different.
0: Bye. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager.
1: So um, transition that way into my top one hundred, uh, which I posted today on The Athletic. A lot of interesting movement, and I expect maybe a little bit, uh, a little more tweaks uh, before the draft actually gets here. Which you know, I usually by the time April first is here. I'm, you know, I'm set. This is this is my rankings. That's how I'm keeping it. But th- this year is just a little bit different, and we're, you know, playing catch up on a few of these guys in terms of injuries and just figuring out more information that meant necessarily the tape doesn't say. Nothing huge at the top. Um, I put Kyle Pitts at number two. It finally, I, I, you know, I had him like at number four and or, or five, and it's just like, you know what. Why am I dancing around this? This is a guy's the number two player in the draft. Welcome, I mean, this is, yeah, welcome. I, DJ
2: just did it recently. You've done did it. Did he? So yeah. okay, there, yeah. And it, I, all three of us have,
1: have him. And it, I've had him same, at number two from the beginning. He's just too good. It's the same thing I did with Quentin Nelson. I I, I let yep. the position kind of distract me a little bit and say, exactly. Oh, well, Quentin Nelson's awesome. I, yeah, he's like, you but know he's a fifth, guard. <laughs> yeah, right. So he, he's but he's like the fourth, fifth best player. And it and I just, you know, the more you think yeah. about it, it's just like, no, you oh, know, what? put him there. He's yeah, he's number two, right? Lawrence. Quentin was my
2: my two also, and he was your two. Yeah, let's put yeah. the best players there. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a freak show. Put him there. But I'm curious about Devontae Smith now. I, mm-hmm. I've got Devontae Smith as my third best player. Um, and I realize he's kind of – I think he's topped out. Um, I'm kind of curious what you're doing with Devontae Smith before I get to number – Did he did he finish at number three?
1: He's number nine for me. Okay. And he's my number three receiver. So I've got Chase at four, Waddle at six, and then Devontae Smith at nine. I mean, obviously, it's not like a, he's, you know, he's good or not good type of conversation. He's really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of trying to slot him, uh, you know, with these other players. And it's tough with these quarterbacks. You know, it, you know how do you, it's almost like quarterbacks shouldn't even be on a board like this because their impact is so much greater than every other position that it skews where you stack them. So quarterbacks are tough. And, you know, I've got Lawrence at one, uh, Wilson at three field or Lance and fields back to back. I mean, it's tough with those, but you know, with Smith, uh, there's so much to like about him. Uh, You know, obviously the, the body type isn't ideal. You worry about long-term durability, but you feel good about the player. And wherever he goes, whether it's Detroit at seven or, uh, you know, the the Giants at 11, I mean, who knows where he ultimately ends up, but wherever it is, you feel like he's going to be productive. So just a, just a quality player who's a top 10 player in this class.
2: You might if I, you mind if I just throw some of these out here, I've got your top 100 yeah, yeah. in front of me you, instead got? of just going in a long, or we'll have the mm-hmm. longest podcast in history. So I, uh, you know, I've got Sertan higher than you do, but you have not top ten, so it's irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, he's cornerback one, cornerback one, cornerback um, two, J.C. Horn. That's what I've got. Cornerback three, I've got the same thing in uh, um Greg Newsom. How did you when did, did you push him up after the pro day into your top tier? Your uh, to number eighteen. That's high for uh, Greg Newsom, but I, I think he's really talented and he the, tested like a mother.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, he was he was I think four four zero. I think in the forty, um, a little
2: faster. Yeah, I think yeah. he got four three eight.
1: Yeah, he was he, he was ridiculous and four three eight forty uh forty inch vert ten three broad six nine zero three cone and this is at six foot even one hundred ninety two pounds I, the only two areas with Newsom that I am worried about missed at least three games every single year each of the mm-hmm. last three years mm-hmm. uh which yep. you know is bothersome because he doesn't have you know you look at his body type and it's very narrow it's very uh, lean muscled and so that that's a worry and then you know only one interception 25 passes defended but only one uh and it turned only only one of those into a turnover so two areas where you want to see better you want to see him stay on the field you want to see him create uh more turnovers but besides that i mean it's an easy player to like he's a route magnet just a, a really quality player who tested off the charts the struggle was with caleb farley obviously with the durability and we touched on it last week you know I, it's it's a guessing game right now. We're just going to have to go based off of what we hear. Uh, hopefully, he has a long term career, but you just worry about another issue popping up for him, you know, down the road with uh, multiple back procedures uh, on his uh, on his resume going into the pros. So I, I moved him down. What I like twenty nine, yeah, twenty nine, which is an arbitrary number at this point because I don't I don't know what to do with Caleb Farley. You know, it that it's going to fluctuate as we hear more and we have a better feel for what his appropriate draft value is. But at this point, I had him a cornerback four and the 29th player in the draft.
2: Yeah, I, I've got the same problems and and I talked to a general manager. I asked what to do with him and he said I'd drop him out of the first round on yeah. your mock. I didn't. Uh they they had me redo my my mock draft because my mock you know got slaughtered in this upcoming week I'm going to be on mock draft live. They're going to be looking at my mock draft. So I basically <laughs> made some changes and I dropped Farley um and I, I was thinking about dropping him out of the, the first round. I ended up plugging him into um, I think the Green Bay Packers. It is it is gonna be tough because it's an ACL two back. As you said, he didn't play this year. There's a lot of questions. There's just yeah. a lot of questions. And I don't, and and the only way it's going to be answered, um, I talked to a team and said, What how are you going to answer the question then physically? And they said, Well, he's gonna go get the medical, you know, he's gonna h- handle the combine medical. And so we'll get a really good look and see what's going on. So he's a guy that will either fall or I think he'll climb back up the charts, depending on what happens with those medicals.
1: Yeah. And every team's going to look at it differently. So, you know, one team could say, you know, if he gets out of the top 20, we're going to pounce. Where another team's going to say, we're not going to touch him in the top 50. So, yeah, it's just going to be, you know, where where each team is, you know, if they're a corner, if they feel like they're a corner away from competing, they might jump all over that and say, we'll roll that dice and see what happens. A couple of years ago with Montez Sweat, when he had the heart issue, a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be like Maurice Hurst. He's going to fall out of the first three rounds. And, you know, he still goes late first round. And he's been a productive player for the Washington football team. So there's been past examples both ways. I thought it was interesting when I, sat, when I was done with this and I'm looking at it. Uh, 15 wide receivers in the top 100 easily could have been more. Easily and 13 corners, but of the 13 corners, 11 in a top 62. So you look at it, guys, that second round is just, just loaded with corners. Elijah Molden, uh, who's my corner five at 35 overall, uh, Asante Samuel, 45 overall. Uh, Eric Stokes, 52, Kelvin Joseph, 54, Tyson Campbell, 55, uh, Melifonu, 58, Aaron Robinson, 62. So that second round, I've got, you know, six or seven corners log jammed in there, uh, as really talented players, but there's, you know, there's something, there's a fatal flaw there. Uh, maybe not a fatal flaw, but a, one area where it just, it bothers you and you know, not, you just can't give them that first round bump. And so I don't know any of those corners, that you think uh, I'm off on, or maybe you're higher or lower uh, uh, on than me?
2: You know, I have a little bit of a problem with Asante Samuel, and Mm -hmm. he worked out great. He's not the biggest guy. I just didn't think he made enough plays. And um, I I, I see all the traits. I don't see the same production. I'm I'm a little worried about how you handle him. Like, Can he play outside? Is he big enough to play outside? He's, what, 5'10", 180? Is that what his... Yeah. Is that what his height was?
1: I think it was exactly that.
2: I, I just think you know, he's there on the borderline for me about whether or not I want to take him now. I think Eric Stokes has played himself. I think his tape um I like where you have him. I like where you have him better more in the 50s uh, to be honest now. I think there's a chance he's going to go somewhere uh from 25 to 45 is the 25 to 40 because of the testing.
1: One of those teams like you know, the Packers set you know, in the late first, or mm-hmm. yeah, I get, could absolutely see that happening. Yeah. That that makes sense. It's just yeah, it's a group of really talented corners that they just might have a a, a flaw or two, and in some teams are not going to be hung up on those flaws. How some are you teams. playing
2: Molden? Are you playing him just a, a nickel? Or are you playing him <laughs> like Minka Fitzpatrick? Like you've got him listed as a corner? Um, yeah. How do you envision him?
1: I think he's a nickel corner. I think that's his best spot. Uh, you know, I it, can he play outside? I don't. I, that's the question could he play safety uh, i don't i mean he doesn't necessarily have uh some of the uh, you know the size that i'm looking for at safety i mean he's right. washington hasn't had their pro day yet but you know he's probably 5'10" buck 90 you know so there's some questions there but mm-hmm. i just know he's a really good football player and yeah. i'm i'm kind of bullish on on molden i think you know he he might not go as high as i, I think i'm 35 he might not go that high because he might be a little role specific as a slot corner, and so just because of you know teams might not be looking for that exactly, he could fall a little bit. But that just means a team's going to get really, really good value at that point. Uh, the other position that I thought was really interesting was tackle. Uh, in this draft or in this top one hundred, I have twelve, yeah, twelve tackles in the top one hundred, and that does not include Leatherwood, who have a, I have a guard. Uh, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, uh, the Michigan uh, tackle, Jalen Mayfield. I have mm-hmm. inside a guard. Vera Tucker, I have inside a guard. Okay. So it, there's some really interesting uh, tackles in this group, which we've talked about all along. But uh, one question I, or one tackle I wanted to ask you about really quick, Brady Christensen over at BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tested outstanding uh, at BYU's pro day. And... Uh, when you look at his numbers, uh, here, let me pull it up here. Official Pro Day numbers, 605 489 in the 40, 17110, 34 vert, 10 broad, 7333 cone, 452 in the shuttle, 30 reps. Am- just great numbers, outstanding oh, no, numbers.
2: Those are tremendous numbers, yeah.
1: But the one number that sticks out to me more than the rest, 32 and a quarter. Inch yeah. arms, mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. And yeah, it is. I, when you see that number, what does that do? Because honestly, when you watch his film, uh, and I was talking with Brandon Thorne uh, about this, you don't necessarily see lack of length as a debilitating issue for him.
2: No, you don't, you don't see it at this level, at the level he played. But which tape are you watching? Because really, there's only... Right. I mean... T- Terren Jackson, I guess Jackson will Peyton give you Turner. a little bit of a look, but really Peyton Turner was the only guy. And he did a great job against Peyton Turner. He really did a nice job against Peyton, although he got beat a couple of times mm-hmm. by Turner's link. But I didn't, you know, there's really wasn't many challenges on this year's tape. And I I was really looking because listen, BYU is gonna have, <laughs> they're gonna have potentially uh, let's see, three offensive linemen potentially drafted. You're going to have for sure two. You're gonna have your quarterback drafted. Um, there's a chance that that freaky tester at cornerback, Chris Wilcox, could get drafted. Yeah, I think he um, gets drafted. 4-3-8. They got another safety named Zane Anderson, who tested uh, great. If, is, if he could stay
1: healthy, he's definitely yeah. getting drafted. He just yeah, can't and, say healthy.
2: And he could be a teams guy. And then uh, yep. I don't think Dax Milne gets drafted, but he'll be in consideration uh, late, I think. So yep. there's a lot of guys. That, <laughs> there's a lot of BYU players I've had to look at, and but it was hard to get the best looks possible because they just didn't have a good, a good schedule. So I had to go back to some 2019 tape. I can tell you in talking to my dad about arm length, he, his belief is really, it's all about, it's all about how you, you know, if you've got a, um, if you got a longer wingspan then typically, typically you got a broader back and you got a chance to get your hands out there a little quicker, or, uh, you know, you got a little bit more quote unquote link to you. number two, if you are efficient with your punch and it's well-timed, or if you're good at resetting your hands, you can survive. Those are really short arms to survive with. That's the only problem. In it. And it and if guys, if he's facing a Montez sweat, you know, that's mm-hmm. a lot of that's that's a lot of problems because, yeah. well, I mean, look, Montez and Chase Young are problems for everybody. So I, I shouldn't just leave, you know, I shouldn't put that on him. But that long arm rush that he's gonna see more guys with a developed rush plan. And so the first thing they're going to do is, OK, when they watch tape, all right, we're going to stab this guy up and we're going to long arm him, we're really going to try to test him. And once we once we get him, you know, where he's concerned about that, then all of a sudden he maybe stops moving his feet on a slide because he's looking to, to brace up against the long arm. And before you know it, they're you know, they're, they're chopping at his outside hand and they're around the edge. So the long arm stuff, I mean, the, 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 arm length does matter. I think it can be overblown at times, but when you start talking about on the low 32 side, that's a concern. Now there's not many
1: examples. The, there's guys.
2: very, very few examples. And Rashawn Slater hitting the 33 inch mark yeah, at his pro was day big. was like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> that's a oh, really yeah. big deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and,
2: and, and, uh, Vera Tucker being, what was he? He was, he was 30. 33. I think he was Wasn't 32 he? and a quarter. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, you don't see it on tape either. Um,
1: 32 is 32 and an eighth.
2: Yeah. He looks like he's fine on tape with that, but I'm telling you that kind of length is a big trouble, a big problem. So now all of a sudden you're looking at him back at guard again.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, if you want to read the whole top 100, it's on the athletic right now, go check it out. Uh, We're about a week away from the beast coming out next Wednesday is the tentative date. So I want to get all the pro days. Uh, this week in there so be on the lookout for that as always check out Lance on Twitter at Lance Dirline, and everything he does at NFL Network all his rankings and his reports as always please subscribe rate comment we really appreciate it and we will talk to you next week